Remember that the most beautiful things in the world are the most useless. Peacocks and lilies, for instance. John Ruskin. When you have only two pennies left in the world, buy a loaf of bread with one and a lily with the other. Chinese proverb. Beauty has a hold on us. We are drawn to it. We go to great lengths to get it. We immerse ourselves in it. Beauty delights us. It inspires us. It makes us ache. It sends us into despair. If myths are to be believed, it can launch a thousand ships to war. But what exactly is this thing called beauty? Is beauty a property of things out there in the world, or is beauty to be found in our heads? Is beauty a fiction constructed by culture? Perhaps beauty is created by people of influence, who use beauty to maintain their own power or to make money by selling things. These ideas of beauty are at odds with a common view that beauty is fundamentally useless. There is also a long-standing belief dating back to the ancient Greeks that beauty is a core value, along with truth and goodness, that grounds our humanity. Thoughtful people have characterized beauty in one or another of these different ways. So, beauty is this powerful and mysterious thing that we crave— but we don't know where it is to be found and what it is all about. Let us return to the first question. Is beauty out there in the world? Are objects beautiful? It seems silly to even ask the question. Any love-struck adolescent would think that the question was idiotic. Of course objects are beautiful. Faces, bodies, landscapes can all be beautiful. Their beauty has been enshrined by artists over the ages— Music and poetry can be beautiful. Perfumes and treasured meals are beautiful. Even mathematical proofs can be beautiful. It would seem obvious with all these examples that many objects in the world have great beauty. These examples of beauty that seem to unequivocally establish that beautiful objects exist also reveal the problem. The objects are so different from each other that it is hard to grasp what makes them all beautiful. What do extraordinarily beautiful things like Ingrid Bergman's face, the Bryce Canyon at dawn, and the mathematical theorem called Euler's identity have in common? Is it a trick of language that we call these things beautiful? If beauty is contained in objects, and we generally know objects through our senses, can objects that evoke no sensations in common reality all be regarded as beautiful? The beauty of mathematics doesn't even arise from sensations. Maybe beauty is not in the object itself, but is in something that is happening inside us. Maybe these objects are only beautiful in our heads and work by stirring beauty receptors in our brains. Maybe only special people have these receptors, and these special people with a refined taste for beauty need to explain beauty to the rest of us. This question of whether beauty is in the world or within us has been tossed back and forth over the ages. It is a question that ultimately collapses on itself. The question presupposes that the world of objects and the perceiver of objects are separate entities. We have to choose between beauty being in one or the other. One of the lessons of evolutionary psychology, as we shall see in greater detail later, is that we are deeply integrated with the natural world. 
Our mind has been sculpted by nature, and it is tightly coupled to the environment. We cannot ask questions about the structure of our minds without bumping into properties of the world. The question of whether beauty lies in the world or in our heads might be reframed as follows. What in the coupling of mind and world gives us the experience of beauty? To examine this special coupling of mind and world, we will consider different objects that can be beautiful. We start with the discussion of faces. Scientists know quite a bit about the psychology and neurology of face processing. Bodies can also be beautiful. Many principles that we shall extract by examining beauty in faces will apply to beauty in bodies. We then turn to landscapes. Landscapes obviously differ from human faces and bodies. Are the aesthetic experiences of looking at beautiful people in any way similar to the experience of being in a beautiful environment?